Hey everyone, welcome to the Fitlistic Wellness Podcast, where we talk about everything holistic health and wellness related. I'm your host, Jenna. I'm a certified nutritional practitioner specializing in fitness and sports nutrition and liver health. If you've been following my journey, you know I go by Fitlistic Jenna online. A lot of people ask me what Fitlistic mean or if it's just a word I made up but it's actually I've combined fitness and holistic nutrition, my two passions. And because we're talking about all things health and wellness, I figured I'd tell you my story to give you a little background where I come from. So I grew up very active. I did swimming, gymnastics, dance, soccer, you name it, I did it. I loved playing street sports as a kid with my brother as well. I was always fed what we thought was healthy, so like whole grain, not a lot of processed foods, etc. In grade school, I was bullied a lot, and it really brought me down. Kids would make fun of me, tease me. I, when I was younger, I hit puberty a lot sooner than most of the girls in my class, and because of that, like my body was going through all the changes, the hormones, so I looked chubbier than everyone else, and... I did not hear the end of it. And by the time I got to high school, all of that pretty much stopped. But for some reason, like, there was the voice in my head still telling me, like, everyone thinks you're fat. They're not, they're just not telling you to your face. They're saying it behind your backs, whatever. So I became really depressed, like, really depressed. um, And I even had an eating disorder. None of this was, like, medically diagnosed, but I knew how I was feeling and I knew it wasn't healthy. So I was really self-conscious. I started to starve myself. Like I'd bring a granola bar and that's all I'd eat during the day. And when I got home, I would just sleep so I wouldn't eat dinner. Never ate breakfast. And like when I was really depressed at that time as well, like I didn't know how to deal with the pain. So I was that kid in the corner. Well, not in the corner, but I was that kid at home who would just like cut their wrists, hid it from everybody. And the eating disorder even got so bad that I... Ended up working out on empty stomach, so I would take a fitness class and a gym class, but it would be in the same day. I wouldn't eat anything, and I'd be super pale, and I, there were times that I almost passed out. And, I, and it got to the point where when I was, I think, 15 or 16, I was literally only 105 pounds, and because that's not norm, my normal body weight, and I never was. So it was really unhealthy. I was like the skinny fat because I wasn't eating anything. I didn't, I wasn't doing any strength training, just cardio, so I wasn't, I didn't really have any muscles, and my body was so depleted nutritionally that I couldn't even build muscles, even if I tried, and it got really bad that I started to question myself, my life, my purpose, everything, like I just, I just didn't see a point in living, and it's gonna sound really bad, but I grew up in a really great environment, like my family always showed me they cared about me they always told me they cared about me and all my life until high school I was sent to a private school uh, a private Christian school I was raised as a Lutheran and my family wasn't the type to have like lots of money where like this was super easy for them to accomplish like oh yeah we can send you to private school because we have all this extra money it wasn't the case they kind of like I would say they put their money in different places, like they invested in certain things, and that was one of the things, just managing money well. 
but there was a lot of people I grew up with in my schools that did have a lot of money and sometimes I thought they didn't care about me because I didn't have all the stuff my friends had all the time. Different things were priorities to our different families, I guess. And I don't I didn't really realize until that until I got on my own and was doing my own thing, working from for everything I have and working hard for everything I have. So now I totally understand and respect that. And then when I was in grade 11, I got really, really sick. I thought it was a flu for a while. I was home from school for almost a week. And it got to the point where like, I couldn't breathe. Like That's how bad it got. And I was never the person to get sick. So I ended up in the emergency room because I couldn't breathe and it was so scary. Later that night, I think it was the night time, so like hours later, I was diagnosed with mono and was finally able to leave the hospital. Like, you should be good. We'll come check on you in about three months. Three months came along. Blood work was still the same. Everything was off the charts. I still felt like super sick. Turns out my liver and my spleen were both super inflamed. My spleen was so inflamed that I wasn't allowed to participate in my favorite things like sports. Doctors worried it would burst if I fell or I got hit with a ball. Like, it was really that bad. And the spleen is one of those really important organs that basically carries all your blood supply. So if that bursts, you pretty much bleed to death internally, which is really scary. But that kind of brought me back to that whole like depression place because like I couldn't do the things I love like sports fitness everything like that was kind of my outlet even though at the time I was kind of like you know doing it in an unhealthy way I guess compared to like now but yeah my blood work was still terrible they couldn't figure out what was going on so I got more and more tests after all these tests I was I was finally diagnosed with autoimmune hepatitis. So what that means is, like, autoimmune means that your body recognizes something inside of you that, like, it's a foreign object, like, it shouldn't be there, so it attacks it. Like, it tries to get rid of it. So my body sees my liver as something that it doesn't recognize, so it's attacking it. This version of hepatitis is not contagious, It just basically means that there's liver inflammations. The hepatocytes are pretty much what makes up the liver. Those are the liver cells. So that's where the the name comes from, just FYI. (laughs) When I was diagnosed, I was in London, Ontario, in their children's hospital. The specialist I was working with was hounding me with all these questions like, what drugs are you taking? Are you you inhaling gas? And I, I, I didn't even know, like... Now looking back at it, like I didn't even know what half half of these things he was talking about. And he literally straight up told me, like, listen, I go to Jesus school. I don't even know what you're referring to. Um, so that was kind of funny. But at the time, it was still really scary. I remember he made my parents leave the room and he questioned me again, like about the street drugs and everything. And I wasn't taking anything. And like I said, My family was super religious, so I didn't really drink. That's just kind of how I was raised. Um, So it didn't really make sense to me. The only only thing that I think it could have been is, like, the church wine, but Jesus, like... (laughs) 
Like I had what? Maybe a quarter ounce once every other week for only like the past five years prior, which was like nothing. It was nothing. Like red wine, that shouldn't hurt you, right? But yeah, moving forward, like that same day, my, my doctor was like, okay, we need to get on this right away. And if we don't, basically what's going to happen within three to six months, your body's going to go into liver failure. Your liver, your liver's going to pretty much stop working. And he's like, and you're likely going to die. And it freaked me out. Reason being, he's like, you know how long the liver transplant waiting list is? It's really sad, but apparently it was really long. He's like, there's no way you're going to get one in time if you let it go the way way it's going. So he was like, if you don't take all of these heavy drugs, like you're basically going to die. Like he didn't even give me any options. He was just like liver failure or you need to take these medications. Now what these medications, were were like heavy steroid drugs that basically shut down my immune system because my immune system was what was hurting me at the time. So for a while, like I started taking these medications like, fuck, I didn't want to die. Um, <laughs> but like it was, it was weird because at this time, like I remember driving home because I wasn't from London. Like I, I was in Waterloo maybe an hour and a half or a half away from that like car ride so I remember driving home after the diagnosis after getting my prescriptions that were written up to go pick up when I got home I finally decided like you know what this thing is gonna happen and I and I don't want to die and prior to that like there was definitely doubts in my head that like was questioning if I wanted to live like I, w- I don't even know if that means I was suicidal because I never thought to kill myself, but there was thoughts that made me question why I was still alive. And for some reason, being told that I could die, it made me really not want to die. I remember we went to the pharmacy on, on the way home, I think, and picked up all these medications, and I started looking into it, and I, and I was r- really a science geek. Um, so... I loved biology. I liked, well, I hated chemistry. My dad's going to kill me when he hears this, but yeah, dad, I still hate chemistry. <laughs> um, but I knew, I knew enough about the body to know that the liver filters everything in your body. And I'm like, why am I pumping my body with these heavy, heavy drugs to help my liver when really it's all getting filtered through my liver and over time, it's like it's not good long term. So I remember, I remember my doctor. He gave me his phone number, like his personal phone number, and I called him. I said maybe like a month later, when when things were getting better. Like I had to get blood work like once a week at this time, and things were slowly getting better because of these drugs. And I told him I called him, and I remember telling him that. I don't want to be on these drugs anymore. And he, and he was still like, he was still telling me the dangers of coming off. I'm like, I don't want to be on these drugs anymore. Everything gets filtered through the liver and this isn't going to be good for my body, like long-term. He's like, it could extend your life. And I'm like, there's got to be another option. And he told me there really wasn't. And 
at the time I was young and I was still going to the children's hospital because I was still in that age range. But yeah, he didn't tell me how to wean off of them. So I looked it up and I, and I read online that you can't just stop drugs cold turkey because there's lots of symptoms and side effects, especially it was on really, really high dose of these uh, medications. And I even remember picking up the refilling one of my prescriptions once I go into the pharmacy. And the, the, the pharmacist was like, why are you getting this? And I told her, I was like, I have uh, autoimmune hepatitis. And she's like, she looks at me, looks down at the prescription. She's like, wow, you don't look sick at all. And I'm like, I don't feel sick. I just do what the doctor tells me to. And I feel like a lot of people do that. Like medicine is phenomenal. Like I will never, I will never say anything bad about it because it did temporarily save my life. But long-term it's, it's not, it's not something I want to do long-term because there's long-term side effects. Like everything you put in your body, every medication has some sort of negative side effect on your body. I didn't want to be on that forever. Like I knew there was other things I could do. So I remember now I'm in grade 12. I was diagnosed in grade 11 in the summer. So grade 12 came and I remember my mom was doing a lot of research on this stuff too. So we, we both were like, we got to put, we got, there's got to be something else out there to help. And so I remember going to Toronto once a week. I had to go to Toronto once a week from Waterloo. That's like an hour and a half, maybe two hours drive one way if there's traffic. 401 traffic is, is messed up. It's messed up. So it was very unpredictable. So we were going there once a week. We went to see this Chinese Chinese medicine doctor. And I remember every time we would go, he would like, he would give me like this really, really, really gross tea, like really gross tea. And like we'd have to boil it in my kitchen. Like there were just these dry herbs and we had to strain them. And I remember it made the whole house smell like it, oh, it was gross. And it was... And it, like, really helped, though, because I remember he would he would never make me do any blood tests, but I was getting them once a week because my doctor ordered for it to be once a week. So I was getting that, and I was keeping the blood work results as well to show all my other wellness practitioners that I was going to see as well. And he would do these tests where he'd check my pulse. He would feel different parts of my body, and he could just tell. He, he did a Chinese, like, traditional Chinese medicine. He even did, like, acupuncture and stuff. Like, it was crazy. This guy was phenomenal. Uh, I forgot his name, but he's, he's at, if you all know Toronto, he's at Steeles and Young, that area. There's, like, this little plaza. Yeah, it's kind of ghetto, but, well, it's not really ghetto, but, like, it's, kind of tucked away and like no one really knows about it yeah he was a great doctor and I hope he's listening to this because he was great so that was one of the things I did and then I went to see a chiropractor because my mom thought that like a lot of it has to do with spinal alignment that can throw off some of your organ systems we did that for a while like I was going to chiropractor like once a week once every other week and then who else did I see I did see a nutritionist but it wasn't really for that long because we had so many we had so many people we were working with and then 
after the first chiropractor, I started to see a naturopathic doctor. Her name was Dr. Trudy. I hope she's listening to this too. That would be great. She taught me a lot of everything I knew pretty much at the time. So I went to see her. She she helped me a lot. I was on all these I was on all these supplements. Like I'll tell you, I was taking like this this liquid red supplement. I don't even remember what it was. I think it was like a multivitamin, but stronger. Oh man, I can't remember. But the bottle, I'll never forget what the bottle looked like. It literally looked like that shit you put in your car. <laughs> that shit you put in the car under the hood. Not windshield washer fluid, but like that other stuff. Uh, my God, I'm not car savvy. This is really pathetic, but y'all know what I'm talking about. But that weird bottle, it looked just like it. And, <laughs> and then I was taking like all these capsules and whatever and uh, changing my diet completely. I was eating pretty much all organic for a really, really long time. I, I completely cut out dairy, gluten, sugar, added sugars. I mean, like I would still have like maple syrup. Maple syrup and honey were like my only sweeteners for a really long time. And I'm, and I'm right now, like I'm not like that, but like, geez, I got sick of those. And I remember being vegan for like the first month because I didn't know what I could eat. I didn't know what caused this. So I was trying to avoid any sort of like thing that could affect my health negatively. I was pretty much trying to have my liver work the least amount of work as possible so that it had time to heal. So I ended up going to a vegan diet thinking that would help. But yeah, I was doing so much at a time that I don't even really know what helped me get better because I had all this stuff going on. All I know is that everything from there, like from the time I was diagnosed, everything was probably like within or close to normal range. I would say maximum two years after that diagnosis. And... FYI, I weaned myself off of that medication, that I, like the really strong medication that my doctor wouldn't tell me how to wean off of. I did it by myself in a six-month period. So I was only on that medication for six months, and this guy wanted me on it long-term, which was wild. And then, anyways, so after grade 12, I finished, finished high school, obviously. Uh, well, I guess it's not obvious. Not everyone finishes after grade 12. But yeah, I finished school and I'm like, I was so interested in everything I had done for myself and all the healing I had done that I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to a nutrition school. So I remember in high school, I applied to two universities. I applied to, well, three universities because you get three. I applied to Ryerson for their applied nutrition program and the same program at Guelph. And then because I had a third one, I'm like, okay, let me apply to Laurier. First acceptance, that was at Laurier. And I'm like, well, this was my third choice, but that was cool. I got in there and I didn't end up going because I got into Ryerson and that was my first choice. Guelph, I never even heard back from them. They didn't even give me a rejection letter. They didn't even send me like, they, maybe they just didn't get my application. I don't know. Anyways, I didn't want to go to Guelph. But yeah, so I ended up going to Ryerson for their nutrition program. 
Reason being is because I always had that thought in my head that like to be successful in life, you have to go to university and get a degree. Like you have to get a degree. That's how you're going to get a job. And I knew, I knew their perspective was dietetics and I didn't, I wasn't a huge fan of that because of like my experience. Like I never worked with a dietitian, um, but I worked with nutritionists and uh, holistic alternatives to wellness and it worked phenomenally for me. Like I shouldn't be alive and I am. So that has to say something. I knew I was going into the dietetics program. I'm thinking, well, you know what? I'll go to the dietetics school, get a degree, learn that perspective, and then I'll go into my college program at the Institute of Holistic Nutrition because I already knew I wanted to go there. After my first year of university, I was like, oh, my God. I was stressed. Don't get me wrong. I know a lot of people who went through university, loved it, every experience, and now they're successful. But... After my first year, I was so stressed. I failed chemistry. What a disappointment, right? My dad's a chemist, and I failed chemistry. How pathetic. But it was really hard. Like, I don't, I don't learn well in that environment. Like, I feel like they weren't really relating it back to wellness. They were just, like, teaching us statistics, and everything was memorization, and nothing. Even though it was an applied program, I didn't feel like we were applying anything. Because we would like, I remember in chemistry, we learned about like structural formulas for like drugs. And I'm like, wait, this is dietetics. Like, can't we at least like learn the the diagram of like, I don't know, a blueberry? <laughs> and then um, I remember taking a food science course. And I was really excited for that one because we got to work in the lab. We'd have a lab once a week and we'd get to like make food, learn about food. And even when we were in that class, it wasn't my favorite because, like, we'd make jam. I'm like, okay, why are we making jam? Like, and it wasn't, like, healthy jam. It was, like, here's your berries. Here's, like, two cups of white sugar. Here's your apple pectin, like, to thicken it. And we're going to make jam. And I'm like, what the heck? That's not even healthy. Like, it's white sugar. Like, I didn't, I didn't understand it. And it was funny because... I think I even failed that class. No, I didn't fail the lab. I, f- I failed the, uh, the in class of that one because the memorization was messed up. I feel, like, I feel like in that, in university in general, I feel like they set you up to fail. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be negative or whatever, but like that's just how I saw it because like everything was Scantron. So like you'd color in the circle of your multiple choice question. There was like 80 multiple choice questions and that was the exam. That was like what you needed to know out of that entire semester, like 80 multiple choice questions, which was ridiculous. And they didn't even like, I feel like, I remember there was one question that like they all contradicted each other. Like they all looked the same. And then I remember going up to my teacher and being like, aren't these all the same? Like, I remember raising my hand, having, like, have my prof come over. I'm like, these look all the same. She's like, you have to choose the one that's most correct. And I'm like, what do you mean? They're all correct. And she's like, the most correct. And I'm like, what? Like, it didn't even make sense. But yeah, I couldn't learn that way. And I was, I mean, I was, all the other classes I passed, but like, I didn't, like, in high school, I was a straight A student. I mean, maybe not a straight A, like I probably got a B here and there, but like 
pretty much a straight A student going from that to like C's and D's and failing like it was like it was a lot to deal with like I had moved to Toronto I lived on my own like it was very stressful I had to make new friends I knew my roommate Tiff if you're listening to this was good (laughs) yeah my roommate we went to high school together and we ended up living together for my first year and her second year of college so it was great so I knew somebody but yeah so I didn't really learn well in that environment I went to my second year of university ended up having to redo general chemistry and I was so happy when I got my got my passing grade I'm like yes and then second semester of second year I took organic chemistry. We had to take organic chemistry. I'm like, can the chemistries just be done? Oh, my God. But, yeah, I took organic chemistry, and that one, like, I literally did not understand anything at all. Like, I didn't, like, I tried, I tried so hard to get help. Like, there was this girl, she would get, like, 98 in her chemistries, and I'm like, yo, can you tutor me? (laughs) So, like, she she would help me like we would meet up so many times during the week like you need to help me with this chemistry and pass like I just want to pass like at that point I knew like I didn't understand anything and I was just like I just a 51 that's all I wanted and I remember going into that final exam and knowing I failed before I got sit down because I didn't understand anything like I tried so hard to understand it and I just, I just didn't, like, it didn't make sense. The way it was taught, the way, like, the way we had to, like, explain ourselves in the exam. Like, we didn't even have time to, we didn't even get the chance to explain ourselves. It was just multiple choice. Like, like, and it was not, like, multiple choice never worked in my favor. Like, you, you have a 25% chance of getting it right, and I never did <laughs> on the ones I didn't know. Yeah, and then I had, that one also had a lab. All the chemistry classes had a lab. And I remember almost, I remember almost, uh, and no, I did fail the organic chemistry lab, but I remember almost going on academic probation because of it. Reason being is because my teachers thought I plagiarized. And I'm like, how am I plagiarizing if I'm just pulling shit out of my (laughs) ass? Like I literally like, that, that assignment, basically what they told us, they were like, okay, so you have to create a lab. And I'm like, what do you mean create a lab? Like, you know how you go into like a chemistry lab and there's like a lab written about what you have to do, what you have to find, your findings, everything. Like it explains, I had to make that. And I'm like, what? And no one had ever had to do that in that class before. And it was complete BS. Like, no one knew what we were doing. We weren't properly shown how to do it. So I remember getting that paper back, and I didn't even pass. Like, I failed, and she was almost about to take it to, like, the... I don't know what they're called, but... It's, like, court for students in school who plagiarize. And I didn't... Let me get the facts straight. Okay, I did not plagiarize. I was up till like four in the morning that night doing this lab. No, five. I slept for an hour that day to be at class at seven. Like I stayed up till five writing this lab that I didn't know what I was doing. Totally made everything up. I couldn't even Google it because I didn't know what to do. So no, I did not plagiarize. Anyways, just so you all know. Okay, moving forward. I finished that year of school. 
after that year of school, I was like, that's it. I'm done. Like, I couldn't. Like, it was just really stressful. I ended up moving home at the end of that school year. I remember going home, working full time, realizing I wasn't really doing anything for myself. Like, I wasn't being productive. I wasn't working in the industry I wanted to. I couldn't get a job in the industry I wanted to. I was literally working to live, but not even that because I was living at home. Like, I didn't have to pay bills. I didn't have to pay rent. I didn't have to pay for food. Like, I don't even know what I was doing, but it was eight months before I realized, all right, I'm going back to school. And then that January, I went to the Institute of Holistic Nutrition started commuting from Waterloo to the Mississauga campus. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going back to Toronto because Toronto is where my heart's at. So I went there, went to the Toronto campus, and I finished up my part-time program in two years. And I'm pretty sure I ended up on the honor roll, which is pretty cool because that never happened, not even in high school. What? Yeah, so... After that program, I finished recently, actually, and I'm now a certified nutritional practitioner, kind of what I mentioned at the beginning. If you remember, I kind of went on a tangent from there, but um, certified nutritional practitioner, like that sounds way better than a dietitian, in my opinion. But yeah, so I finished that program while I was while I was in Toronto. The day after I moved, I went to a health food store, put in my resume, got hired on the spot. So while I was in school for a year, I want to say a year and a half. So almost my whole school career, I I was in school from January until January two years later. So I pretty much spent three quarters of my college career practicing in my job what I was learning which was amazing because people would ask me nutrition advice I'm like yo I just learned this in class yesterday let me just repeat it because I can remember it and that's how you learn you learn by practicing and when people ask you you teach them that's how I learn I don't learn by reading textbooks and I'll be 100% honest all of the books that we got at my college program I haven't read through any of them back face to face none I can use most of them as references and now that I'm finished I'm going back and I'm reading some of them because like it's really useful information but it's just too much for you know like you want to just know the basics so like my program was amazing because they like highlighted things that are really important and from there you can understand the rest by yourself so it gives me like a really good background and In this industry, health and wellness, there's always something new to learn, especially the fact that it's all science-based. There's always new research. And now I know how to read research papers. I know how to filter certain information because I'm like, okay, what are the real facts or is the science behind this? And a lot of it has to do with credibility too. Like, for example, a lot of people ask me health and wellness questions just because they know the condition that I have. Like, I I will never not have autoimmune hepatitis. It's something that I have to live with the rest of my life. And it's not like 
I'm dealing with it every day in the sense that I I experience symptoms all the time. No, like I I'm like a normal person. I live my day to day life. I do everyday stuff. Well, maybe not everyday stuff because I I do kind of cool stuff sometimes. <laughs> um, but you know, like it's not something that disrupts my my lifestyle, my everyday life. Obviously, since before I was diagnosed, things have definitely changed. Like, I changed my whole diet. I changed my whole lifestyle. And, I mean, I was on a really strict diet for a solid two years. And being in high school, that was really hard because, like, I couldn't do everything that everyone else was doing. And I was already kind of, like, an outcast. Like, I never really had, like, that one friend group. And I I didn't always experience what everyone else did. Because sometimes the diet made everything harder. So I remember, I remember there was a trip in grade twelve. We could go, we could have gone on a trip to like uh, for like one of the history classes. Even though I didn't really take history class past grade ten, but like we could have gone. I could have gone with my class to Washington D.C. to like go to some history museums and like learn and stuff like that. But I remember I didn't go because I'm like, Mom, I don't want to have to go and try to accommodate my diet. Like, it's just going to be too hard, and everything was so new, and and it was a different country. Like, the States is pretty similar to Canada, but I, I still was not familiar with it, so I didn't experience all those things. And again, I went on a tangent. I, where was I? I can't even remember. <laughs> but yeah, so the autoimmune hepatitis doesn't really affect my lifestyle. The only thing that it sometimes affects is the fact that um, some things I eat, like I, I don't feel good when I have them anymore. Like for example, if I have, I've, I used to take a lot of MCT oil a couple years ago. I want to say two years ago. I had a bottle and I would take it every once in a while. But now if I have that in my coffee, because that's a thing, bulletproof coffee with like MCT oil or like butter, I can't do the MCT oil because it's, because it doesn't get filtered through your liver. It just goes through your system. But because my liver produces the bile that's supposed to like break down fat, sometimes really fatty foods, really, really fatty. What am I, British? <laughs> sometimes it doesn't sit well with me. Like I have like gastrointestinal irritations in the sense of like, my body, because I have the liver condition, sometimes it's harder for me to break down these fats. But like, if they're more complex and slower to break down, it's easier for me. Like, for example, I can have an avocado, but if you give me a bulletproof coffee with um, straight MCT oil in it, oh, that is not comforting for me. So I normally stick to my uh, non-vegan bulletproof with my butter. What else do I put in it? Butter? I think that's it. I feel like there's something else and I'm just not thinking about it. But yeah, if it's too quick to digest in my system, it kind of gives me a little bit of an upset stomach. But other than that, like, I can live my everyday life. But now that people know that I've struggled with this kind of stuff and I've, I've researched my way and I've learned through school how to manage it, how to better my lifestyle so I can optimize my liver health rather than like just living and doing the same shit that was making it the way it is now because I still really don't know what caused all of this to happen. So people now will ask me 
often for nutrition advice because I know I've been through such, I don't know if the word I'm looking for is scary, but at the time it was really scary for me to go through. And I know that a lot of people who know me and who know my story know that the shit I've had to deal with in such a short period of time has given me all this passion and all the fire that's driving me to like become successful. And maybe a lot of people will see me as successful already, but I know there's still ways I can improve myself as a person, as a practitioner. Like I won't know everything. And I tell people I don't know everything. I tell my clients I don't know everything. Like I'm not going to sit here and lie to you when you ask me a question and pretend like I know the answer. If I don't, I'll be like, you know what? I'm going to have to look into that because I do want to know too, but I'm not going to lie and say I do when I don't. And now going back to the podcast, basically why I started it is because I want to be able to inform people about health and wellness. I want to have conversations with different people who have experienced things or are educated in things in the health and wellness industry. You'll notice in my next episodes, it's not just going to be me. I'm always going to have a guest on. Reason being because like, I want to just genuinely have a conversation, record it so other people can hear it and experience it and, and know that like maybe if they've experienced the same thing, they're not alone and maybe there's alternatives. I basically want to share what I didn't have when I was sick because had I had it maybe things wouldn't have taken so long to get better maybe I could have skipped that two years of my life where I like I feel like I wasted my time on university like you know what I mean there's so many things out there now that I wish I had known back then that I know now but you know every experience kind of makes everyone the person they are like you have to experience different things and you've got to learn we're always growing we're always learning I don't care if I'm not in school anymore I'm still a student of life you know wow that was deep (laughs) still a student of life I just want to come on here and, and just have conversations with people talk about our different experiences relate it back to health and wellness maybe someone's experienced something that maybe they didn't know there was a a natural alternative to help improve that like maybe it was anxiety maybe it was depression maybe it was maybe it was a health issue like there's so many things out there that I've through my schooling and through my experience and and even through my research there's like pretty much alternatives for everything it's just like It's the people who want to get better long term rather than like having a band-aid on them. Like pharmaceuticals is kind of like a band-aid. It's great short term. It's like if you get into a car accident, yeah, I'm going to go to the hospital. I'm not going to see a nutritionist. Like I need to get this bleeding to stop now and then figure out what we're going to do. You know what I mean? It's kind of like that. I'll, I'll I'll never have a negative mindset towards the medical care system, the Western medicine, because there is there is a purpose for it. It has saved my life. I mean, long term, I don't think it's the greatest thing for like chronic illnesses like I have, like stuff that'll never go away. You just have to manage it through lifestyle, diet, maybe even supplements. But I mean, there's always an alternative for something. And a lot of people I feel like now are starting to realize there's something else out there that will over time gradually make them go into remission or 
you know, like be able to manage their life better, not have to pop 12 different bottles of medications every day. Like it's just all the stuff that can be, a lot of it can be reversed. Like the body is an amazing thing. Like the universe has given us something that we grow in, we we change all the time and it's got this amazing ability to heal itself if we nourish it the right way if we take care of it properly you know and I just want people to understand that things are going to get better regardless what you're going through and I'm sure we'll touch on a lot of topics that people can relate to and I mean if one person listens to this or like hundred people listen to this or a thousand people to listen to this or maybe like a million of people are going to listen to this you know what I mean like got to think big manifestation is everything a million people are going to totally listen to this this is going to be awesome but yeah I'm super excited and I really look forward to all of my future guests and I know you guys will love them too it's going to be amazing we're going to have conversations We're going to talk wellness, we're going to talk health, we're going to talk everything holistic relating to physical, mental health, struggles, maybe even like products. I know a lot of entrepreneurs, guys, in the industry, and there's going to be a lot of cool stuff coming soon. And I'm really looking forward to showing you guys that there's alternatives and the science behind it and just like knowing how, because not, not all the time will doctors and western medicine like accept what you want to do funny story is actually I got I got I think two of my two of my liver specialists kind of like fired me as (laughs) as their patient I remember I'm gonna end it off with this but I remember the doctor I was seeing in London at the children's hospital I would always call him be like Yo, there has to be some type of way. And he told me if I was going to, he literally, word for word, literally what he told me is when I said I was taking like a holistic approach to everything. He literally told me if I get off my medications, it's like, and this is unbelievable. Like I literally just couldn't speak for a second, but like he told me it was like I was committing suicide. That's how against it some of them are. So I know that, it can be a struggle to find alternatives because it'll seem like not everyone wants to help you in that sense, but there is alternatives and I just want people to be aware of that and I want to share experiences from myself and through my guests how like you're not alone in what you've experienced and there's it, there are alternatives. So I'm really looking forward to you guys listening to my next episode, next episodes. Thank you for joining me on this journey. Make sure whatever platform you're listening to me on that you subscribe so you can keep up with the latest episode. Comment if you want to hear a certain topic or a certain person you want on the podcast. Let me know. Until next time, see you soon.